welcome to Unboss. We are so glad that you are here today. And you know who else I am glad who is who's here today that I am glad that she is here. Bridget Todd. This is her first co-hosting time right here on Unboss. You know I want y'all to send her some love in the comments today. Bridget, welcome to the show. And Bridget is the host of There Are No Girls on the Internet Podcast, so make sure you check her out wherever you get your podcast. Bridget, we're glad to have you. What What's happening over there on No Girls or on the Internet? I didn't know there were no girls on the Internet. Oh, but Senator, I'm so happy to be here. First of all, thank you for having me. It is an honor. I'm such a huge fan. Um, the joke is there are plenty of girls on the Internet. You're on the Internet making beautiful trouble every day, which I appreciate. We're there online. If folks are interested in all the different ways that women are showing up online, please check out the podcast. And I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. And Bridget and I, what we're gonna cover today, California regulators shut down the Silicon Valley Bank. Let the bailouts begin. Here we are again being asked to bail out these banks. And Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signs a law that makes it easier to employ children. In other words, child labor laws are out the door in that state. And later in the show, the Biden administration is expected to move ahead on a major oil project in Alaska. I mean, this is so bad that former Vice President Al Gore came out and said, this is all messed up, I'm paraphrasing. But yeah, the Vice President, the former Vice President Al Gore, as many of us know, climate is, is his thing. He's been working on it for decades. He came out on them and said, this is wrong all day long, 365 days of the year, twice on Sunday. Okay, I'm turnerizing it. But basically the vice president, former vice president said, no, 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 don't do this, President Biden. Now don't forget to subscribe, share the stream, and send some love in the comments. And I really want you guys to lift up Bridget today. She is in the house and we hope to have her in the house many, many more times. So here we go, the SVB collapse. So chaos last Friday when bank bank regulators closed Silicon Valley Bank, it's a failure. It is the second largest in US history and the largest since the financial crisis of 2008, which some of us can remember that crisis. Now, as they rushed to contain the fallout, officials at the Federal Reserve, Treasury, and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation announced in a joint statement on Sunday that depositors in Silicon Valley Bank would have access to all of their money starting on Monday. That is today. And that is coming from Dr. Robert Reich writing for Common Dreams. Many of you may know that Dr. Robert Reich is the former labor secretary under president serving with President Bill Clinton. Then on Sunday, regulators closed New York banks, New York Signature Bank. So we got two rolling here at the same time. Now, Dr. Reich question is on the spot. The doctor asked this question in his article. They stressed that bank losses would not be borne by taxpayers, but who would bear them? What the hell happened and what lessons should be learned? Those are the right questions to ask, asking those questions just like any professor would, because we know Dr. Robert Reich is a professor as well. But yeah, what the hell happened and what lessons should be learned? They should have learned them a long time ago. Now, why are the feds, I got some questions of my own, why are the feds agreeing to bail out these banks without fully understanding and sharing with the public what went wrong. Like why they dipping in there bailing them out. I mean, they made the decision on Sunday, they bailed out on Monday. But when people in the hoods where they misunderstood, whether it's the rural hoods, suburban hoods, or urban hoods, have mis, you know, some mishaps financially, ain't nobody there to bail them out. We call that welfare. Yeah, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about this. He said we got rugged individualism, you know, for, for individuals. And we got all kinds of corporate socialism. I'm paraphrasing the great doctor, but that's what he said pretty much. Now, we kind of sort of know exactly what happened and what caused this. Take a look at this headline, SVB chief pressed lawmakers to weaken bank reg, bank risk regs. See, that's what happened, sisters and brothers and family and friends. And the collapsed bank president told Congress Enhanced prudential standards should be lifted given the low risk profile of our activities. Ain't that some nerve? Now y'all know a grandma moment is coming. My maternal grandmother, if she was here right now, she would say that that man had more nerves than a brass A monkey. That's what she would say about this. 
Now, they softened it. Oh, well, look, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's put this up. Eight years before the second largest bank failure in America, in American history occurred this week, the bank's president personally pressed Congress to reduce scrutiny of his financial institution, citing the quote, low risk profile of our activities and business model, according to federal records. Now, he just straight up lied because it wasn't low risk. And look what happened. Do y'all know what happened? I know everybody kind of sort of knows how this story ends. Guess what happened? Here it is. Three years later, after the bank spent more than a half a million dollars on federal lobbying, lawmakers obliged. Let me just dress that up for you. Three years later, after this bank president said, what y'all all up on us for? Why are you sweating us like this? We don't need to be regulated. We are low risk. How dare you do this to us? Then half a million dollars spent on lobbyists. And guess what? Guess what the members of Congress did? They obliged. They gave this bank CEO what they wanted, which was less regulation. And guess where we are today? All blew up. Blew up in their face. They obliged in a very bipartisan way. Let's put up with David Sirota of The Lever. He put up a tweet letting us know 50 Senate Republicans and 17 Democrats ignored warnings and voted to deregulate Silicon Valley Bank. It was a bipartisan effort. If you are a partisan zombie who can't accept your party's complicity, sorry, cope with it. Now let's rest right there. We're gonna rest right there. Do you understand what David is saying? And we're gonna bring Bridget in on this. Basically, if you don't understand what just went down in a bipartisan way, the Congress decided to lessen the regulations because they were lobbied. They were lobbied by this bank to do so. Everything has exploded. So this ain't just the Republicans, the Democrats are complicit too. And that complicity always comes at the risk and at the hurt of the everyday people of this nation. Bridget, your thoughts on this, uh, what's going on? What's brewing? It's still brewing right now. It's still brewing. I, I completely agree with and appreciate your breakdown of the situation, Senator. You know, I, I think it's important to point out that I can understand why people who are watching this story every day, working folks like you and me, are thinking, isn't it interesting how when it comes to things like student loan debt, things that are gonna lift up, you know, working people in this country, no, can't have it. That would be socialism. There's not enough money. I think it's understandable why people are watching this unfold and saying, gee, isn't it interesting how there's always money to, to, to help some folks out when they get into these situations, but not others. And so I completely see how that feels like a complete double standard. And I think it really illustrates some of the frustrations that folks have when they see things like this unfold. Yeah, it really does, Bridget, and rightfully so, like that righteous indignation. Now, we do understand, like, there will be a consequence, like a ripple effect. We get it. But they knew that going in, the feds knew that going in, too. So, why would you soften the rules? If banks are so important, and they are, so I'm just being rhetorical, if they're so important to the economy, then why lighten up on them when you know you should be stricter on them because they play such a pivotal role? It's not the opposite. It's not loosen up on them, but they these these elected officials they owned. So that's why things like this happen. Let's see what my stunt double had to say about this because she's always saying something on the internet, Bridget. What's happening with the railroads is what's happening with the banks. The result of rolling back regulations. Y'all better bold that, underline it, message in a bottle on a train without chemicals and not on Southwest Airlines. Okay, <laughs> this is real. This, this right here is real, sisters and brothers, family, friends. Now we got in this situation we are in as a nation due to massive deregulation. So we about to break this all the way down for you. So we we talk, we let you know what happened in California, what was happening in New York, what's happening like right this minute. And the feds have decided they're gonna bail them out. Dr. Robert Reich asked the question because they're claiming they're not doing it with taxpayers' money. So whose money you doing it with? Yo, y'all just printing money to save these folks. But you won't print money to save Big Mama and Big Papa in the hoods where they misunderstood. But y'all gonna print some money to save these people here, right here. And this is gonna happen again. It happened in 2008, here we are in 2023, it's happening again. Why? Because there are no consequences and repercussions. We need to let mamas run this thing. Cause see, if my mama was running this thing, there'd be consequences and repercussions. Cause I was raised by that kind of mama. 
Wherever you act up is where she gonna get you. Consequences and repercussions, but y'all keep doing the same old thing over and over again. I think Dr. Einstein defined insanity as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, but they they leaped right to it. So Dr. Robert Rice, he walked us down memory lane on this. Let's put this up team. Once banking was deregulated, such a crash was inevitable. In the 1950s and 60s when banking was boring, I want to go back to boring. The financial sector accounted for just 10 to 15% of the US corporate profits, but deregulation made finance exciting and exceedingly profitable. Put Bridget up next to me. See, see class, this is the lesson. Sometimes boring is good. Sometimes boring save lives, okay? Now, the deregulation caused all of this, and this is where we are right now. So the rules change, I mean, that's the main portion of what we're having this conversation is that the federal government has the control, the ability to set the rules. They changed the rules and softened them up, and look where we are. What happened in 2008 is happening again in 2023. Exactly, and I think these banks have already been shown before that they're not responsible, they're not able to be responsible. And so I think, how many times do we have to go through this story? How many times do we have to continue to roll back regulations and say, oops, I can't believe this has happened again? How many more times is the American public going to have to sit through these frustrations of watching these bankers be bailed out? Um, I think something has got to give and I, I, I'm like you, I wanna see black moms put in charge of this because they would not allow for this to continue with no consequences. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's it, it'd be consequences and repercussions <laughs> if black moms was in control. First of all, this wouldn't have happened again. Now, no. I don't know, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, but my mama didn't play, okay? I, I remember like wherever you acted out, that's where she was gonna get you. Uh, when I was growing up, Woolworths was a big thing here in Cleveland. And it wasn't me, cause I was, a, I was a good child, all right? I was a good child. But one of my siblings was acting up and my mama told the clerk in there, she went to the children's department to get a belt. And she said, I just wanna borrow this, I ain't buying it. I just wanna borrow it, <laughs> I'ma bring it right on back. See, that, that's, how, that's how mamas were whole. Oh, you about to get it right oh, here, yes. right now. And that would have been the consequence and the repercussion for these banks. <laughs> My mom would tell, hey, we gonna borrow this belt here. They about to get it, but I'm gonna bring it right back. Cause they ain't gonna act up like this again. So yeah, just go ahead y'all put black mamas in charge of the bank and regulatory system and see what happens. This wouldn't happen again. I, we can, Bridget and I can guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. guarantee. <laughs> any of these bankers have any kind of fear of regulation. I think that they feel like they don't they don't need to be accountable to anybody. And that just shows you how broken the system is that they don't fear any kind of repercussions. And but you know, and that's such a good point, Bridget, because they don't fear it because all they got to do is hire lobbyists and go lobby and buy the Congress off. So I wouldn't be in fear. What's the price of doing business? It is worth the half a million dollars or however much they would spend to bribe politicians. I want our viewers to know this is another example of it. They control the system, they who have the money control the system. They get the right, the rules. They say we don't want it, eventually they don't. They get what they want, they didn't want it, they got it. So yeah, black mamas can't be bought off like that, okay? I ain't talking about regular politics, I'm talking about get you some down home black mamas up in that piece, they get it straightened out real quick. And then lastly from Dr. Robert Reich, by the mid 1980s, the financial sector claimed 30% of corporate profits and by 2001, by which time Wall Street had become a gigantic betting parlor in which the house took a big share of the bets. It claimed a whopping 40%. That was more than four times the profits made in all US manufacturing. Dr. Reich is laying this out here as an economist. He understands this in a deep way and he knows how to break it down so everyday people can understand. Laissez faire, let me just put a finer point on what Dr. Robert Reich has laid out for us. Laissez-faire government is not working. That laissez-faire is to let alone. And that's the kind of government we have right now when it comes to these big corporations that's causing all kinds of anxiety for all of us in all hoods, be they rural, urban, or suburban. If you are an everyday person, if you don't have a sugar daddy or sugar mama or sugar somebody, you are suffering under the weight of a system that allows those who have the most money to have the most voice and to do whatever they wanted to do. America, we need some black mamas on this job. Yeah, we do, right away. All right, I want y'all to marinate on that. <laughs> Let me know what you think in your comments. Oh, we going to uh, Arkansas right now, we're lucky.
Constantly, Sarah Huckabee wants to make child labor great again. This is what this make America great again foolishness is all about. The Arkansas governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a law this week rolling back requirements that the state verify the ages of workers under 16. Ain't this some sugar? Okay, fill the blank with something else. <laughs> the governor of Arkansas, she did cuz she know I don't even know if the chick got kids, but if she got kids, they ain't gonna be the ones exploited. That we can guarantee you is gonna be Big Mama, Big Papa's kids exploited. And additionally, we'll provide children with work certificates permitting them to work. The new law signed by the Republican governor applies to those who are 14 and 15 years old. Most cases, Arkansas businesses can employ those under 14. Here's more details on the bill that she signed. We're gonna put this up team under the Youth Hiring Act of 2023. And they got the nerve to name it, Lord have mercy on my black soul. Uh, under the Youth Hiring Act of 2023, children under 16 don't have to get the Division of Labor's permission to be employed. The state also no longer has to verify the age of those under 16. That is some bull sugar. Before they take a job, the law doesn't change the hours or kinds of work. work or kinds of jobs kids can work. Y'all know this bunch of BS, this is coming from NPR. And there was obvious pushback on this as well as should be. There should be nationwide outrage. Matter of fact, look, I'm trying to send the DOJ in all the time. Send the DOJ in on this chick. Cuz if she ain't got an attorney general that is duly elected opposite from her to say, no, no, no governor, this is wrong all day long. Now all mamas and daddies and play mamas and play daddies and everybody else need to be upset about this. Because children will be exploited and they talk about they pro-life. What? They're not pro-quality of life. See, there's a difference. They ain't pro-quality of life. They just are not. But the opponent, so the pushback, let's say put up with the pushback. The governor believes protecting kids is most important. But this permit was an arbitrary burden on parents to get permission from the government for their children to get a job. All child labor laws that actually protect children still apply, and we expect businesses to comply just as they are required to do so now. Now, they know good and well they're not gonna do that. They're not gonna do that. Somebody's gonna mess up and overplay the rules, and they know this, but they don't care. They just don't care. But opponents say the work certificate protected vulnerable youth from exploitation beforehand, before she did this. This is a real issue because child labor violations have risen since 2015. It's happening in real time. Let's put up this graph. Child labor violations had been declining for years. Then after 2015, they started going back up. They started creeping back up. Why is that? Hazardous occupation, child labor. I mean, this is happening right now in real time in the good old US of, of A. But it's not just Arkansas, other states are looking to make it easier for teens to be a part of the brutal workforce in Iowa. Let's go ahead and travel from Arkansas to the great state of Iowa. Bill to adjust Iowa child labor rules advance. Teenagers would be allowed to work longer hours in a wider array of jobs under the bill that cleared an Iowa Senate subcommittee. Oh, I sigh deeply on this. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, a bill is looking to allow some teenagers to work in meat packing plants and construction respectively. And that is in Minnesota. I tell you, you know what? This is wrong all day long. Your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with you. It was really interesting to hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her supporters on this talk about this as like this tedious government intrusion that it gets between young people and their parents and the government when they want to work. We're talking about a one page form, right? It's not like like she's making it sound like it's some some awful tedious thing. It is a one page form. Uh, the fact that they're getting rid of it is is awful. It's really like a way to roll back our country into something that is pretty terrible. Um, and I think the point about young people working in things like meat packing plants and factories, that is so dangerous at a time when you rightly point out how we already have these rising numbers of workplace violations involving young people, right? And so it's just obviously a recipe for disaster. I think anybody can see that. Yeah, you know what, Bridget, their family values have gone straight out the window because they really have none. And children can be exploited. They were exploited for a long time in this country. Children worked in coal mines. You know, one of the 
the great unionist comes to mind, Mother Jones. That was one of her, the things that she was an advocate against. She really stood up for minors and she stood up for children who had to work in those mines and was just absolutely disgusted by what she saw. And these people, I mean, whether it's, it's teaching black history, whatever it is, these Republicans certainly are rolling back the hands of time. Mamas and daddies and play mamas and daddies, y'all should not be happy about this. This governor is wrong, children are going to be exploited. They're already being exploited in this country and this is wrong. And damn it, if you paid their mamas and their daddies more money. Cuz I come from a family where, you know, hey, I had to work to help. If you paid their parents more money, wouldn't be going down this route. Uh, let that marinate, let all this marinate. Uh, Bridget and I will be right back after this. Welcome back to the show. Right after this is the watch list with J.R. Jackson. You don't want to miss J.R., so please tune in right after this show. And oh, there's J.R. right there. Yeah, go ahead, watch J.R. And I joined David Sirota on the Lover podcast, and it was magnificent, if I must say so myself. So you want to tune into that wherever you get your podcast and hit like on it. Now, really, we need you to do that. We're told so far that it's been one of the best. It was the best podcast episode so far on the Lever podcast. And I'm really so happy about that podcast, Lever Time. And we were discussing progressive politics and how the neoliberals just don't get the everyday people of this nation. We really drill into what happened in East Palestine. So tune in wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. And justice is coming. Progressives are part of an unstoppable movement and we really care about expanding the circle of liberty. Justice is coming by Jink. Uger will give you some of that. The book is coming out. I love that cover. Don't you justice is coming with the fist up with the with the lightning bolt in there. You better say that. Go ahead and put that smartphone up to to the to to the screen right there and catch that Q code. You want to get your copy signed copies available exclusively on the shoptyt.com. On to viewer comments. Mickey, hello Mickey. Happy Monday to you, darling. I love all the younger people that are appearing on TYT. They give me a bit of hope for the future. Amen to that, Mickey. I'm right with you. And on Twitch, Melanie, we need to do general strikes, economic boycotts, pull pull all of our money out of the banks as well as cash out our 401ks and watch them panic. We have to fight the same time globally. At the same time, globally, in order to take the rich elites down, our labor is what makes them rich. And you, you gave a word on that, Melanie. And Danielle, Nina, we need you in 2024. I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record. No, you don't, Danielle. But I'm not going to let up. There isn't anyone else we can trust to get into the White House and keep their promises. Oh, Danielle, that is so sweet. Oh my God. Nina, we know you will bring the fire and no one will be able to stop you. You truly are my Shiro. I'm smiling, I'm blushing. Love you and all of the TYT family, hashtag Nina Turner 2024. Danielle, thank you so much for your kind words and your your belief in me. You know I would fight like hell for the people. I continue to do so whether I ever run for office again or run for the White House. I'm gonna continue to fight like hell for the people, but I appreciate that. I know you're not just going around saying that to anybody. Much love, baby. And on YouTube, Super Chat by Proof. Yay, I haven't seen Bridget in a minute. Love her vibe, love her vibe. Nice. Isn't that sweet? Yes, by Proof, she is here. And we're gonna have her back on Unbossed many times. You don't like my music, said. Older black women have experienced enough intersectional prejudice to understand how our system truly works. You got that, you got that right. You don't like music and we get them sister mamas in there. It will be straightened out. They will be borrowing a whole bunch of belts and telling the clerk, we go, we just borrow this, we're gonna bring it right back. Some people about to get straightened all the way out. Thank you so much for your comments. We are sending so much love to you. We would not be able to do what we do on Unboss or the TYT network without each and every one of you. So sending love. President Biden is breaking another campaign promise. Yeah, he made this promise and he is breaking it. Promises made, promises broken, because he know there will be no consequences. Approving more drilling, and it has me asking. 
WTF neoliberal. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema. Miss Cinema. No. I have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. We're breaking news to report right now the Associated Press sourcing this saying President Biden has approved the Willow Oil Project, this in Alaska. This is an $8 billion plan that climate activists have called a carbon bomb. And just like that, this is after Biden made a campaign promise there would be no drilling on federal lands. All that smack him and other neoliberals were talking about President Donald J. Trump. Here they are doing the same thing. And even as recently as 2022 midterms, let's put up this headline. Biden promises no more drilling two days before crucial midterm elections. You see, for so many of these people, this is just a game. They just lie to you, lie in your face, smiling faces, lying to you. Knowing good and well, they're just gonna do what they wanna do anyway. Because guess what? There are no repercussions or consequences for these people. This is what is happening here. Well, that's another, you know, just another damn lie. That we can add to the book of lies for this from this president. So pre, the pre, lying, just straight up. And the, this lie has a lot of consequences for our environment, which means it has consequences for each and every one of us in the ecosystem that depends on human beings to at least do the right thing. And here's more on why approving the Willow Project is a disaster beyond the lie that it is. Progressives sought for months to dissuade Biden from approving ConocoPhillips $8 billion Willow project, noting that it could enable the production of more than 600 million barrels of crude over 30 years. If all of that oil is burned, roughly 280 million metric tons of heat trapping carbon dioxide emissions will spew into the atmosphere at a time when United Nations Secretary General Guterres warns that the planet is reaching a point of no return. Thank you, Common Dreams. Now, sisters and brothers, family and friends, how much more clear do the experts in this arena have to be? Look, they need to, these folks need to watch the movie, Don't Look Up. All right, that's what they need to watch. How much? The, the, the man said that the secretary, the United Nations Secretary General made it as plain, as crystal clear as one can make it, warning that the planet is reaching a point of no return. Now, my toddlers can understand what that means, a point of no return, can't go back, irreversible, we are doomed. They don't give a, they don't care. They're gonna, really gonna make me pull out my fire extinguisher or start cursing. So I'm gonna try not to curse. Maybe I'll just pull out the fire extinguisher. Given the overwhelming scientific evidence. And then these mofos got the nerve to say that the GOP don't believe in science and they comporting themselves in the same way. Given the overwhelming scientific evidence and warning. And warnings from even the relatively conservative international energy agency that new fossil fuel projects are incompatible with averting the worst consequences of planetary planetary emergency climate justice campaigners rejected the president's attempt to soften the blow of his willow approved by announcing new protections for areas surrounding the extraction site you can't protect your way out of this disaster you just shouldn't do it don't give out the permits So people versus fossil fuels tweeted this. At POTUS has the power to reject all new fossil fuel projects that would ensure the survival of our communities plus the planet. Instead, he is choosing to disregard frontline communities and expand fossil fuel infrastructure that will drive us further into climate chaos. Hashtag stop Willow. Now sisters and brothers, family, friends, right is right and wrong is wrong. And it wouldn't matter if this was Donald Trump doing it or President Joseph Biden doing it, whoever the president is, fill in the blank. If they are doing this, they are wrong. And this is no time to be puffing up or getting all swollen up in the chest. If it's wrong for Trump, it's wrong for Biden. If it's wrong for Biden, it's wrong for Trump. Hello, somebody? It's wrong for the environment. We are encroaching on a point of no return for the human species. 
and for others in the ecosystem, other living things that depend on human beings to try to, in the words of my grandmama, act like we got some sense and comport ourselves in that way. This is wrong, sisters and brothers and family and friends. All day long and twice on Sunday. Just no justification for this at all. The environmental damage will be insurmountable. Right? The executive director of the Food and Water Watch said the following in a statement. Let's put up the director's words here. There is simply no justification for President Biden's decision to approve a massive new oil drilling scheme that will lead to decades of air and climate pollution. This decision is part of a disturbing and disappointing trend with this White House. You better go on and say that, director. A disappointing and disturbing trend with this White House. President Biden refuses to take the necessary actions to rein in climate catastrophe while issuing rhetoric that professes concern for the existential threat that we all face. In other words, keep it up y'all, in other words, bull, sugar. He cannot have it both ways, you better say that. Promoting clean energy development is meaningless if we continue to allow corporations to plunder and pollute as they wish. Woo! Okay, bring Bridget in. This is it. Okay, I'm at this point in the show. Yes. This is where I'm at right now. This is it. Bridget, your thoughts on this? Am I over? Am I overreacting? Not even a little bit. And you know, something else I wanted to add. I completely agree with you. You know, Biden made a pretty clear promise in 2020: no new drilling on federal land. So this seems very clearly at odds with that very clearly delivered campaign promise that he articulated himself. I would also add that, you know, you go grabbing for your fire extinguisher does not seem like an overreaction because we know that in whenever, <clears throat> excuse me, in the face of things like climate catastrophe, it is black women, brown folks, indigenous communities, poor communities, it is marginalized communities that will suffer the most. And so I know that that is just a reality of what climate disaster looks like. We need to always be to be talking about that. And the fact that this is, is people are, are are legislating as if they don't care. And I think you're exactly right that you know it, it it's on all of us. Like everybody, there's you can't play politics out of a climate disaster. It will impact all of us. And uh, yeah, I, I you made a point earlier of like. You know, you, you we just can't keep approving this kind of thing and then saying like, oh, we'll fix it later, we'll fix it later. It does not work that way. Not not this issue. There there's some issues we may be able to roll down the down the road to can down the road. This is not one of them. And you know, Bridget, the sad part about it and everything that you said about who is gonna impact disproportionately the most, ultimately Mother Earth gonna be all right at the end of the day. It's really gonna be us. Yes. Human beings and animals and all plant life, just the whole ecosystem. Because Mother Earth is going to outlast us. But we the ones that are going to suffer from this. And you want to think about famine and drought. See, they have a ripple effect. And that's why we need people to care about climate chaos. Because look, you're not going to be able to go to the grocery store. Or you can go to the grocery store, won't anything be there? Because it's going to be a domino effect on every single thing. Just think anything that you need to survive will be impacted by this level of climate chaos. And that is why we all should be concerned. Shame on this man for telling these lies. There's a song, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies, no, don't tell me no sweet little lie. This is, is a horrible lie, it's bitter, it ain't sweet. And it's gonna cause all kinds of disaster. Let's put up this headline right here during his initial run, Biden chastised the Trump administration. I'm already ahead of myself, y'all, for drilling yet two years into his presidency. Cause you know what? Don't, hey, I said those things to get elected. I ain't mean them. Let me just go and break that down for you. Because that is what him not adhering to his campaign promise amounts to. I said what needed to be said to get elected, but I didn't mean any of it. Let me dress it up for you. Just in case ain't nobody brought it to you straight. That is what is happening here. This headline, speculators failure of climate leadership. Biden outpaces Trump on oil and gas permits, common dreams. All right, that is it right there. And and, and this particular message is for the neoliberals out there who thought all we had to do was get rid of Trump and everything was gonna be all right. We was gonna go back to mimosas and, 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 and brunch. Speculator, uh, spectacular, excuse me, spectacular failure of climate leadership. Biden now paces Trump on oil and gas permits. 
What in the unholy hell? The only entity that will profit from the Willow Project is Conoco Phillips, the mastermind behind the project, and they raked in billions last year. This sweet little headline, this bitter headline, it ain't sweet. Conoco Phillips annual profit annual profit more than doubled to $18.7 billion for 2022 adjusted earnings, excluding special items, stood at $17.3 billion, while production was nearly 1.74 billion barrels of oil equivalent per day. This is coming from offshore technology. And Bridget is shaking her head, and rightfully so. Y'all know what? This is one of these stories that I want to stand up on. Now, I'm serious. We over it. This, this, this is wrong. This man is wrong. His administration is wrong. Everything about this is wrong. And let's give a big shout out to the climate activists who've been out there shouting from the rooftop, the scientists who've been shouting from the rooftops. And then we got this neoliberal doing what he doing. Oh, I'm calling on black Jesus right about now. Yeah, I am. All right, we going to Georgia. We going into Fulton County, Bridget. That's where we going. The good people of Fulton County in Georgia are mad. And they should be because they have been funding a county clerk's half a million dollar salary. Get a load of this headline. Fulton clerk, a Fulton court clerk, Tina Robinson makes over $500,000 annually. Commissioner says citizens should be outraged. Now this reporting is coming from the Atlanta press and here's the backstory. Fulton County's clerk of superior and magistrate courts Tina Robinson is estimated to be taking home more than half a million dollars annually, funded by taxpayers and fees associated with government services. Now, according to public record request, Clerk Robinson had an annual base gross income of about $168,000 and some change from paychecks issued in 2021 and an annual base gross income of uh, over $185,000 from paychecks issued in 2022. Now, the salary of Clerk Robinson includes bonuses from fees, which pushes her total taxpayer subsidized salary to more than a half a million dollars. That's a big paycheck. Let's go deeper. It is my understanding that the fees collected and retained by Fulton Court Clerk Tina Robinson resulted in additional annual personal compensation of $360,000 in 2021 alone. That's coming from Bob Ellis, the Fulton County Vice Chairman. The Atlantic Press has independently confirmed with at least two other confidential sources knowledgeable on the matter who also all said Clerk Robinson is making an extra $360,000 on top of her six figure salary through the fees her employees earn from processing passports. However, county employees under the clerk do not receive an additional compensation according to the records. And that's it. But meanwhile, check out the model from the from the clerk. Let's put it on up there. Fulton County Clerk of Superior Magistrate Courts doing the right thing the right way each time for every customer. That is what the Madam Clerk had to say. Now, really what sticks out to this, sisters and brothers and family friends, what really sticks out about this in a very stunning way is why aren't the other employees in the clerk's office being compensated with bonuses too? And crime reminds want to know. And it's important to note in Georgia, because I had to put this out there, in Georgia, it is legal for it is legal for clerks of superior courts and probate court judges to pocket passport applications and processing fees as part of their personal income in addition to their base salary the processing fee is about $35 per passport but just because something is legal does not necessarily make it right so inquiring minds want to know again why don't the employees of the clerk's offices or these judges offices why don't they reap the benefits to bridget your thoughts on this yeah, I'm kind of with you. I have a lot of questions. You know, if I, if nothing untoward is going on, like I'm not mad at her salary, but I want to make sure that everybody in her office is also taken care of. If they're not eligible for these bonuses, you and me both know how these kinds of things work, Senator. Usually, you've got a team of folks who are doing the actual yes. work, and then somebody at the top who is reaping all the benefits. I just want to make sure that everybody in that office is monetarily compensated and taken care of. It's not just one person 
making all the money and then other people doing a lot of the work, but not getting that same level of compensation. I mean, that's it right there. Just go ahead and spread some of this monetary love. <laughs> that's all we saying. Spread the love. Georgia, y'all better check on this. Now this ain't right. All right, let's go to some viewer comments here. TYT members, Tang Biden be lying. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Can we get a real primary challenge in the Democratic Party in 2024, please? I'm with you, Tang, on that. And on Twitch, Huff, Huff, Huffle Badger, Biden is full of nothing but lies, platitudes, political theater, and malarkey. You got that right, HB, on that. And on YouTube, Super Chat, Hoover. Hey, Hoover. I wonder what it's going to take to drill, no pun intended, into the mind of, not a joke, Joe, the line of 365 million people is literally not a joke. But he's laughing in the faces of people because to him it's a joke, it's a joke of century. Hey, Hoover, I can't disagree with you. Line, line coming in, line going out. And Donna, Pass the fire extinguisher around, please. <laughs> Thank you for that, Donna. Yeah, we need a whole bunch more fire extinguishers. Oh, thank y'all so much for this. Now, locked up for misidentification. And this happens far too often within the legal system here in America. For nearly 20 years, one photograph stood between Shelton Thomas and Freedom. It was a picture of a different Sheldon Thomas. The police arrested Sheldon Thomas. He's on on the right. Let's put up the pictures, y'all. In a murder in 2004, after knowingly showing a photograph of a or photo of a different Sheldon Thomas left to a witness to identify. How did this happen? Yeah, we want to know. In 2004, police officers showed the image of a young black man to a witness who chose him from an array of six as a suspect in a fatal shooting in Brooklyn's East Flatbush neighborhood. That identification withstood scrutiny through an, uh, through an indictment, trial, and appeal over more than 18 years, reporting coming from the New York Times. But now, the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office is saying that detectives Prosecutors and the original trial judge knew from the outset that the photo in the array wasn't actually the man they wanted to arrest, but they proceeded anyway. Now, this is an example of totally just do not give a damn. I mean, there's no way for me to soften that up right there. Now, this situation was botched from the start. And a new report from the Brooklyn District Attorney's Conviction Review Unit provided to the Times. Prosecutors said that the two men shared a name and they had addresses in the same precinct, but police investigators knew early on that they were different people. Now let that rest with you. They knew early on that they were different people, just did not give a damn. Mr. Thomas was wrongfully identified during three in-person lineups. Prosecutors most likely failed to disclose false police testimony. They used a witness with questionable credibility and a defense counsel exacerbated the errors. Here we go. What's next? Mr. Thomas, 35, is scheduled to appear in court on Thursday afternoon before Matthew J. Dimimic. A judge with the Brooklyn Supreme Court, the district attorney's office said its report that the conviction should be vacated. Oh, this is further proof that this type of mis- misidentification happens far too often. The case would be the 34th conviction vacated after reinvestigations by the unit, which was expanded in 2014 and shows what can happen when checks in the criminal justice system break down. Thank God they got a, a unit that goes back and look over this stuff, but dang, the man that lost so much of his time already. But this is a part of a larger issue, the ACLU. How face recognition fuels racist systems of policing and immigration and why Congress must act right now. So Bridget, this is a heavy price to pay. I mean. I'm glad that they found the evidence to say y'all got the wrong man, but he's already paid the price and cannot get those years back for what has happened to him. Absolutely. Um, you know, I hope he sues everyone for all they've got, but that no amount of money will bring yeah. back years lost. And you know, you mentioned that report from the ACLU. This is definitely part of a larger conversation happening around things like AI and facial recognition technology. Um, We know that technology often misidentifies black faces, brown faces, the faces of women. Uh, 
with results that can be really, really big. You know, you could use lose years of your life because of that kind of mistake. And we know that that technology has the possibility for those kinds of really big mistakes. And so this is definitely part of a larger conversation that I hope folks get wise to and start asking some real questions about. But my heart really goes out to this young man because that is heartbreaking. Nobody should have to deal with that. It's very heartbreaking. Can't get that time back. And uh, but I'm glad that the new that they have this kind of unit. And I wish that more cities and counties had the kind of unit where they dedicated people to go back and check and recheck and check and recheck, so that innocent people, you know, that you decrease the likelihood that they, if they are sent to prison or and or jail, that you decrease the likelihood that they stay in there for years and years on top of years. So good for them. And I'm with you. I hope he sues them all for everything that they got. And unfortunately, the taxpayers are gonna have to pay the price for for this. They knew from the beginning, folks. Now this wasn't no accident that they didn't know. They knew from the beginning, which makes this that much more horrific. They knew from the beginning, but did not care at all. Didn't care. On to some good news, Bridget and I have for you. Watch this. How far do you think America has come? in realizing Martin Luther King's dream? There's no question we have realized a good portion of it, but we have not realized the fullness of it, the largeness of it, nor nor have we touched on all the things that are yet to be done. Uh, Had he not been taken away from us, I think the world would be in a very different place. that, That is what's truly absent. I think God has, a lot of guys are politically smart. They're, they can play the chess game, but they have lost moral compass. And it is the absence of that moral vision and the absence of that moral courage that I think we suffer from. The good news is for us to lift up the one and only, the legendary, legendary Harry Belafonte as he lays down the truth like very few people do. He was a singer, I mean, he is a singer, a freedom fighter, an activist, a truth speaker, laying it down as he always has throughout his career. And that interview is now over a decade old and we could play it today as if it was happening today. But the reality is, yeah, it is an interview for today. So Mr. Belafonte turned 96 on the first of the month. And he's still speaking truth to power. Let's share this headline. At 96, Harry Belafonte continues fight for social justice, stars an upcoming documentary following Harry. I cannot wait to see that documentary. And here's more on the new documentary. Principal Photography has wrapped a a following Harry, a documentary that offers an inside view of 96 year old civil rights icon, Harry Belafonte's continuing mission of social justice. The film directed and edited by Suzanne Rostock is being ready for premiere at Fall Film Festival. And the description of the film reads, the film unfolds like a poem allowing audiences to experience the effect that the social justice icon has purposefully and unintentionally created. From Ferguson to Fruitland Park and Ossing to Ghana, even in Harry's Kitchen in New York City, the life's work of this cultural and civil rights icon is explored. Now, Belafonte was already a star of music and film during the civil rights movement. Yet he realized the movement was bigger than any celebrity status that he had. Belafonte leveraged, if not sacrificed, his early commercial success in an effort to change the way his people were treated in America. He recruited famous friends from Hollywood to Harlem in hopes of of raising funds to support civil rights, forcing the nation's quiet majority to take notice and pick a side. That's it. Belafonte, one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s confidants, financially supported the Freedom Rides, a dangerous endeavor for participants, as well as a costly campaign from bail money and travel costs to hospital bills. It marked the early years of Belafonte utilizing his success as the King of Calypso to support the movement. And here is a powerful and lovely picture 
of Belafonte with Nipsey Russell, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the one and only Mrs. Coretta Scott King, the trailblazing. Yeah, that is them. Oh my God. And Bridget, I mean, they look so awesome. Skip, put us up. Yeah, yeah, Skip, go ahead, Skip. You doing that today, y'all. Skip, Skip is making it happen today. Bridget, what, what do you think? I love it. I mean, first of all, I love that you're able to give this man his flowers while he is still here to smell them, to celebrate him while he is here on this earth, a living legend. And also talk talk about folks who are unbossed and unbought. Like he is someone who speaks truth, even when it's not comfortable, even when it's not polite, even when it's not pleasant. I would love to see the two of you in conversation. You all kind of remind me of each other, have the same kind of spirit a little bit, I think. Oh, what a compliment, Bridget. And I had a chance to meet the great Harry Belafonte in 2016. We were at the Apollo Theater of all places. And it was during the 2016 campaign for Senator Bernie Sanders. I was a national surrogate for his 2016 campaign, national co-chair in 2020. But we were at the Apollo Theater. Charlemagne the God was there from the Breakfast Club. And we we're all just really getting to know one another. And it was quite the honor to see this man live and in living color and to just really take on his aura. And he did sacrifice so much because to be a black actor, you know, at that time, I mean, even right now, you know, there's consequences, they will punish you. But especially in that time for him to take up that weight to be a truth teller on that level is all inspiring for many generations. And uh, the see that he's still at it at the at the ripe young age of 96, baby, just proves age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah, so I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Love it, love him, and cannot wait to see this wonderful, magnificent documentary. He really is all of that. And even in twenty in in two thousand and eight, you know, he spoke at an, at a public event. He was surrounded by one uh, senator. Clinton and also then Senator Obama. And he shared some of the final conversations, some conversations he had been having with Dr. King about the Democratic Party and how Dr. King really regretted some things and felt like he was leading his people into a burning building. Harry Belafonte told that story like nobody else could. And you should have saw the faces of both Senator Clinton and Senator Obama. I mean, if they could have disappeared from that stage, they would have. But Harry Belafonte did not care about whose presence he was in because truth speaks. No matter who's on the right side and no matter who's on the left side, it speaks. So we love him so very much. Sending you so much love, Mr. Harry Belafonte, the great, one of the greats. So thank you all so much for joining us today. Bridget, it was so magnificent to have you on Unboss and we cannot wait to have you back. And each and every one of you, you know what I want you to do about this time. I want you to keep the faith always, never lose it and keep the fight until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.